I'm so ready. All right. Welcome to My Dark Hour with Morgan and Carrie. And we're back at you on the fucking weirdest day on earth. May 18th. Very strange day. Um, 38th anniversary of Mount St. Helens erupting. School shooting. School shooting. kids dead. Um, And just freak show. Two fights on the bus. Freak show in Burien, freak show in downtown Seattle. Saw some bald lady kicking a van on the way here. Uh-huh. Some bicyclist, maybe, who had been hit by a car. It, it's been a very weird day. So it's a good day to end our um, journey with Ted Bundy. Yeah. Uh, so I really wanted to call this episode Ted Bundy Almost Broke Us because I think... <laughs> I think that's the truth. Like we, yeah, we we've had we've had uh, trials and tribulations. I think getting through. Yeah, we lost our steam. Yeah, Ted Bundy fucked us up. So but we had our own version of six Ted talks, which is my really silly pun. Yeah, that I made up. Morgan was happy with it on the way over. I was. I was very. I thought of it, and I was like, "That's brilliant." And then I said it, and it was everything. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna conclude the Ted Bundy story with his death and and beyond. We're, we're yeah, a little a little beyond. Yeah, a little beyond. Did you ruminate on that? Um, kind of a little bit. I just feel I feel like it'll flow. It'll flow out of us. It'll flow. Um, I'm drinking Sapporo. From the DeFeo Goblet, you are drinking... (laughs) I'm drinking box of wine. Pinot Grigio box wine. Mm -hmm. Also Uh, out of a DeFeo Goblet. Morgan struggled to find the the appropriate boxed white wine. Yeah. Boxed wine is kind of expensive. It is is expensive, but but it's not. Yeah. If you think of, of the value, how, right. how much wine you're actually getting. I mean, four bottles of wine for $16 is a pretty good ass That's deal. That's a sweet deal. It's $4 per That's bottle. how much I usually spend on wine, so. Yeah. On a bottle of wine. Yeah. So cheap wine. Whoop, whoop. That's what a juggalo says. Okay. Wait, wait. A juggalo says whoop, whoop? Yeah, that's what they say. That's their, like, thing. They go whoop, whoop. Have you known a real juggalo? No, but I watch all those, um... Uh, <laughs> what are they called? They have like those gathering of the juggalos every summer, uh-huh. and then they make these trailers. There's a name for that, like the that's what it's called, gathering of the juggalos. I a- okay, yeah, and they every summer they get together. I just imagine everyone being very sticky the entire time. Uh, I forget what the girl's name is, but she's like this girl juggalo who's always doing it, and they actually have legitimately like good rappers there, like fucking method. But white man. white rappers. No, 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 girl, Method Man. 
I think fucking Shaggy was there. Lil' Kim was definitely there. I mean, those are, like, big names that, like, my mom would know that they got at Gathering of the Juggalos. Wait, wait, wait. But Juggalos are white, correct? Like, they're not black Juggalos. No, I don't think there's really many black Juggalos. I think there's precisely zero black Juggalos. Yeah, I mean, but they are really, they really love rap music. So I think what I, I think what I'm going to do over the summer when I have some more free time (laughs) is to listen to an insane clown posse (gasps) album. Oh my God. I want to hear what this music actually sounds like. Oh my God. You should do that and then do a review on this podcast. I can do that. ICP review. And that's pretty fucking dark. I mean, bad music is dark. But I mean, okay, like, okay, I think they try to be dark. They're very, like, talking about killing people. But is it, like, Iron Maiden dark? Like, not yeah, really? that's what I feel like. I feel like it's just, like, actually just two white guys being, like, Is it just people. two people? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. But there's, like, a whole, there's, like, all these different rappers now who also put on the makeup because they're also, like, they're in the family. The Juggalo family. I can't. I, I can't. I know. With any of that. I know. All right, on that so, note. <laughs> let's fucking finish Ted Bundy. Let's, like, get him over with. Yeah. And then I think I think we'll... I think we'll... Pick up Maybe pick up some momentum, yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll do shorter topics. Oh, well, I mean, like, I think it's just... I don't know. I think, like, Ted Bundy just... <sighs> okay, so I was listening to the last episode, and you said something that I just feel like really sums up Ted Bundy, and it's, like... All of this should be more interesting than it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, and I feel like, and I, I said this earlier and we were like, <laughs> definitely like disagreed about how a murder could be this way. But like, I just feel Ted Bundy is played out. Like, you know, it's like, he's almost too cliche. The cliche, I mean, the cliche started with him. He is the originator of the cliche. He, I, I agree. But then you can take somebody like John Wayne Gacy, who I think is a, is a cliche in his own way. I mean, the, the scary clown. I mean, right. And yet, I don't find him played out. I yeah, it's true. I find him completely fucking creepy. Yeah, that's totally true. Like it's something, and I can tell if stuff works for me or not psychologically. Is if I'm disturbed by it, like yeah. where I'm like lying in bed thinking about it at night. Like there's yeah. some aspect of it that does that. There's nothing about Ted Bundy that does that. Which makes no sense to me. I know. Logically, it's like there's tons of things that are fucked up, but there's nothing that gives me that totally <laughs> creeped out feeling. Although I have to admit, uh, when Paul went on vacation, I was very afraid to be here alone. And it was mostly because I was very afraid. And it, it's not just Ted Bundy's fault. It's also I Survived's fault and the East Area Rapist's fault because he got caught, P.S., uh, but I was very afraid that someone was just going to come into my house and just crazily bludgeon me. And, and Ted Bundy totally did that kind of shit. But yeah, it's just yeah, like but not, it doesn't I like, I, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know where my disconnect with this is. I don't, I don't know. We'll ex- we'll explore. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 get there. We'll get there. All right, you guys. So where we last left Ted Bundy, dropped all that weight, got real thin, good looking, uh, went up into the prison, escaped, took a bus to fucking Tallahassee, so he could be at the campus of Florida State University. And this is where the stranger beside me begins the book. 
Like the book, right. do you remember that? The very first chapter is about him, That's Ted right. Bundy, arriving in Tallahassee. I'm not sure why she chooses to start the story there. Um, taking the alias of Chris Hagen. Chris Hagen. And she go, goes into deep detail about what that whole experience was like, how the fuck she knows. Right. She's making that. Oh, she's all taking of that tons up. of artistic license. Uh huh. But he moves into a boarding house. So he has just a room That's with weird. a bunch of other kiddos. Ew. Yeah, and he's older at this point. I mean, he's in his late 20s, right? At least in his late... Maybe he's in early 30s. Well, he was born in 49. So he was... 29. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody else, I'm assuming, is more like 20. Right. So he's like a slightly skinny, like older, older guy (laughs) who's like living in your building, kind of being spooky. Everyone knows that one. Um, oh. And putting together these notes, it was interesting because, okay, so he arrives in Tallahassee on January 8th, and on January 15th, the the crime spree begins. Like, he didn't even, he couldn't even control himself for a fucking week. No, and, and, and Rule kind of makes it sound like he sort of struggled with, like, oh, I'm going to, like, you know, kind of get my shit together, right. I'm going to get a job, I'm going to, like, live a straight life. Right. So I was kind of imagining this was more like at least a month. Yeah. No. No. Not even. Days. Days. And he's like, okay, yeah. So go ahead, you can go ahead and describe the... This is probably... Besides Lake Sammamish, this is probably the most famous yeah, oh yeah. of the Ted Bundy crime. Maybe mm-hmm. the most famous. I don't know. Girl murders, you know? So, it was the night of... Well, okay. It was actually the early morning hours of January 15th, 1978. All the girls at the Chi Omega sorority house had been going to the club next door. They're definitely doing lots of dancing. You know what happens at clubs where you just get boners rubbed all up against you, okay? So that happened. So then they go home. They're, like, talking. There's maybe a pillow fight. I don't know. It's very Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, totally Revenge of the Nerds. That's how I really imagine it. No, but for real, they were, like, they were just sitting around talking until, like, okay, at 2.35 in the morning, they stopped talking, okay? <laughs> they were still filtering in. The ladies were still filtering in. And they were coming in through this back door that, guess what, had a fucking broken lock. Okay? Not good in a house full of ladies. So, most of the girls were there. There's, like, 30 of them there. They're just, like, talking until 2.35 when they go to bed. Okay? Now, guess who comes in the house? Guess who it is? <laughs> it's Ted Bundy, and guess what? He's armed with a fucking log. Yeah, it's just like a yeah. stick he picked up in the yard, I guess. Yeah, so like I feel like he really, I feel like he was probably at the club, and he was like, no, no, he was what? definitely, he was definitely at the club because yeah. he, one of the women who survived, reported that Ted Bundy very aggressively was sort of like, <gasps> hey. Like, let's dance. Like, kind of, like, you know, mm. wanted her to hang out with him. And he, by this point in time, he's not looking good. Like, he's real skinny. Yeah. Hygiene is not great anymore. So he's just basically, like, a creepy homeless-looking guy harassing, Ooh. you know, a 20-year-old at a club. Gross. So she's like, get the fuck away from me. Okay, so Ted was deaf at the club. Definitely at the club. Which was next door, wasn't it? It was next door. So I'm sure he was, like... Oh my god, what luck have I? And just like I, I don't think he like planned this out. I think it was just No, like, I think he followed he followed them yeah. home. So he comes in with a fucking log 
And uh, he went into the bedroom of Margaret Bowman, who was 21 years old, and just bludgeoned her and then strangled her with some nylons. Just fucking in a crazy frenzy. Okay, but then he gets even more excited. He turns a corner here. And he goes into the bedroom of Lisa Levy, who's a 20-year-old, although she looks much more mature in her pictures. And also, like, she was a volleyball player. And he went fucking nuts. So he goes in. He bludgeons her. He also... Wait, he hits her so fucking hard that... Doesn't he, like, break her jaw and her teeth come out? I think that was, like, multiple girls. One of these women, her... It was, it was hit so hard on their head that you could see her brain. Like, oh. it, like, fractured the skull to the point where it was, like... That was Margaret brain, Bowman. The brain was, yeah, visible. Yeah, they could see her brain. Uh, he also, like, ha- had went crazy with his sex acts. He bit off, almost, one of her nipples, and then also did a giant bite mark on her butt. Like, just and, crazy, crazy animal. And you have... Okay, raped her with a bottle of hairspray. Oh, yeah. What I remember hearing was that it was a shampoo bottle. Oh, maybe. And he sodomized her with it. Oh. Like that, so... Uh, so I remember reading uh, details about that, which <gasps> I, I just feel unsavory to go into, but... Wait, I want to know what they were. Well, just like that there was like, you know, poop and stuff. Like oh, all over the bottle, right. you know, which of course would happen if right. you sodomize somebody with it. Oh my but God. like they found it like tossed in a corner in the room <gasps> and I'm just like, ugh. Can so you imagine? I'm hoping she was oh dead at that God. point. Oh my God. I I'm really too. hoping that that was post-mortem. Jesus because, Christ. Yeah. Oh my God, he's an animal. <laughs> but not even like a cute animal. Actually, animals are really innocent and nice. Well... Not really. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Girl, name me one not innocent animal. Well, innocent in what way? They just are just, they're just really just trying to live their lives. Yeah. They don't want to do anything bad or malicious. Uh, That's not true. It's like chimpanzees. Oh, cats. Not chimpanzees. Like, they like go to war with each other and like torture each other. Okay. Never mind. He's a chimpanzee. Primates. Primates are not, not so. And cats. They're, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so then he goes into Kathy Kleiner's bedroom, who's another one of the sorority sisters, and he beat her and broke her jaw. Mm-hmm. And then he went into fucking Karen Chandler's room, who was another girl. Oh, wait, no. Karen Chandler was in the same room as her, and he beat her. And this one, they found her teeth all up in her bedclothes. So she, and she also got a concussion. So, like, he beat them pretty intensely. Um, and, but both of them survived. They were Yeah, okay. only, only the first two died. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he and s- does all of this without anybody else in the house noticing. So that's crazy. So, yeah. like, this isn't, I don't even know how many bedrooms there were, but he's attacking women in three rooms while nobody else is aware of it at all. Like, on the floor. Like, nobody yeah. hears anything. No, Like, people are, like, going in, like, brushing their teeth and, like, whatever. Like, not everybody's asleep at this point. Yeah, As like, he's... What? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. One girl said that she was, like, kind of drifting off to sleep and, like, was cognizant. Her, like, her door was open a little bit. And she was, like, cognizant that, like, the hall light had been on and that someone flipped it off. And they think that it was fucking Ted Bundy who flipped it off in between, like, going into the rooms of the girls. So he couldn't be seen. 
which is so bonkers. And then also that okay, so that little image right there that gives me that like I know kind so of feeling. But that's like the first time I think this entire discussion about Ted Bundy that I'm like, okay, yeah, that that's, that's creepy. Yeah. Like that gives me that little tingle of of fear that, that I'm like, looking for. That darkness, yeah, it's yeah. Just like the, it's like. I think I think it's scary because it's like you know dark and unknown right you can't see in the dark it's unknown what's there but that he's like well that know, that death that, like yeah came so close to her and oh she was God. totally unaware I, like he that, was right there and just didn't come in totally and that's the case with so many of these girls in this case because there was so many of them in one place so um another crazy thing that I, I was reading an article that was one of the sorority sisters and she was talking about how they have like paper thin walls in the sorority and she she was awake the whole time and didn't hear a fucking peep and that like that seemed weird to me but that this whole thing happened he he was able to kill two girls and like severely injure two others like in under 15 minutes that's and silently crazy too like how well, he was, you know, he'd killed a lot of people by this That's point. True. I mean, kind point. of ha- knew what he was doing. It's very practiced. Um, and he leaves the building as he's leaving oh God, a so woman, Nita Neary, it's good you know her name, um, came through came through the broken back door and saw a man, which she described as having a thin nose, holding a club, ducking down the stairs and going out the front door. So he was seen. I mean, there was an eyewitness who sees him leaving. So, and this is another really scary thing, the close to death thing. So Nita Neary talks about how, wait, was it her where she talks about her grandpa, the ghost of her grandpa, stopping her? Oh. She was walking in the back door and then she all of a sudden felt like her grandpa was there, like, like, and she like stopped. And that was when she saw fucking... Ted Bundy coming down the stairs in like a creepy way. So she was watching him. He had no idea she was there. And then he just like slipped out the front door. So scary. Oh my God. So then she freaks out. Then everybody else wakes up. The two girls who had been beaten but didn't, weren't killed, like come out and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're like, I mean, they're like clutching their faces, they're dripping blood, like everyone's flipping out. So I don't think they realize that the two women were killed for a while because yeah they didn't go check on him no so what happened was they the, they had time to call the cops the cops got there and they were like okay we need to account for everyone and that was when they were like wait a minute we're missing margaret bowman and lisa levy and they ran into their rooms and that's when they could see their brains Ugh. i know god i know so, and this is what's even more fucked up. So after this, so Ted Bundy has killed two people, attacked another two people. He's not done yet. <laughs> so he's out on the prowl and breaks into a second house. Um, and it's a woman named Cheryl Thomas who lives there. And this, I can't remember which book it is. It, it may be a couple, but they give a description of the house of this girl lived in so she lived in like a duplex Mm -hmm. that had a wall down the middle and she had really good friends who lived next door so there were two people who lived on the other apartment and she lived alone and they had this they were all dancers or something like Mm -hmm. that and they had this thing where if they if they were in trouble or if they worried about the other person they would call and if the person didn't like on the telephone and if the person didn't answer but they knew that they were home they would call the police so 
the people, so Cheryl Thomas's apartment, the people next door, they start hearing fucked up shit through the wall. Once again, thin walls, and they're like, what the fuck is going on over there? So they call, and they can hear the phone ringing, and nobody's answering, but they're still hearing, like, the fucked up sounds, so they're like, oh, shit. So they call the cops. The cops are, have, I think at this point, have heard about the sorority things, and show up, because this house is, like, four blocks away, and they go in, and Cheryl Thomas has been, just like the girls in the sorority, completely beaten up, like, to the point where she had, like, permanent damage. Like, permanent, like, was it hearing damage? Yeah, so it was, it was, he had, like, hit her so hard on the side of her head or ear that it, like, permanently messed up her equilibrium. And she couldn't be a dancer anymore. Right, she could, so that was, like, what she was studying in college, and, like, it ruined her future. So that's kind of, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a major night. Like, I, I don't yeah. know if, I can't, like, I can't think of another serial killer who did something like, I mean, there's the things like Richard Speck, where it's like, a, like one night where they murder a lot of people. Yeah. But I can't think of a serial killer where this is like one of their yeah. nights. It's intense. It's, it's pretty crazy. So at the scene, the police found semen and a pantyhose mask on her bed, which, you know, if you'll remember from before, that was one of the things that he had in his, like, murder kit, right? So he's he managed to grab some pantyhose and put them on, um, but the, they were able to find semen as well. Okay, so I got a question about the semen. Mm-hmm. How many times has he ejaculated at this point in oh the God. night, right? Right? Unless this is the only time. But I don't think so. I don't think so either. So was he, like, having an orgasm with every single attack? Oh, my God. If so, that's almost impressive. I mean, that's, like, five <laughs> oh times in, in the course of, like, an hour. Ooh. But uh, I, I don't... Fucking Ted, man. And these are the details that I, I don't know if he ever answered, but it's, like, was he masturbating? Like, what what's happening here? Like, where's the yeah. semen coming from? right. Yeah, I don't know. Is it just like I'm so turned on? I'm just ejaculating free freely. Like, well, I think and I your pants I down. I know. I don't know where I read this, but um, I think that they had evidence that he would go up to Taylor Mountain when the heads were there, and he would masturbate there. But I don't remember how they knew that. I don't know if he confessed to that. Just like, just like on Taylor Mountain, like I'm just gonna master where the heads are. Yeah. But that almost makes more sense to me than this, because right. this implies that he pulls down his pants and somehow gets semen all over the place. So I, I mean, that know. that definitely implies like either he was attempting to rape her or he's masturbating. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I have no idea. We, we have questions. I I have so many questions. <laughs> I know. Uh, so somehow still evades the police after this. Yeah. And continue, and Anne really goes on for a long time about this period of time and just continues to just like kind of live his life, has an apartment, you know, deals with people in his building, like has a whole bunch of credit cards that he's stolen. So like we'll go out for fancy French dinners. Remember that one? Like he'll go out like by himself and go to go eat French food and drink a bottle of wine. I mean, I wonder if he's just like, you know what? My life is, it's coming to an end anyway. Like, I'm I'm a wanted fugitive. Like, I might as well just make the most of this. It's weird. It's so weird. Jesus. He, he's so bad. He's uh-huh. bad. Yeah. Correct. Ugh. Well, so he does this for three weeks until February 8th of 1978. He steals an FSU van, 
which had its keys up in the visor. So don't do that because your car is going to get stolen. And he drove to Jacksonville, Florida. So from Tallahassee to Jacksonville. Um, when he got to Jacksonville, he found a 14-year-old girl named Leslie Parmenter. And this is crazy because, again, just like Melissa Smith, she was the daughter of the chief of detectives for the Jacksonville PD. So it's weird that he, like, just by chance... Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like those are really weird odds that you just by chance meet up with, like, ki- police kids, you know? Yeah. That's weird. Um... So he told her that his name was Richard Burton. He said, Richard Burton, fire department. Identified himself as a firefighter. And um, while he was talking to her, this is fucking crazy. Leslie's brother shows up, who I'm assuming is a young man, in his truck. And he tries to start a fight with Ted. So, like, imagine this. This, like, probably teenager coming up in his truck, like, hey, Get out of here. And it's and then Ted fucking did get out of there. Like, he, he was like, eh, and, like, left. Well, yeah, because did Ted ever get into a physical altercation with a man oh that we God. know of ever? Oh, hell no. Hell no. Because he knows that he could not win. No. Uh-uh. That's why he's going after fucking 14-year-olds. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that would be... Some of these, I'm like, you can imagine if they ever decided to make a good Ted Bundy movie. Oh, oh no, they are. Oh, with what's his butt? Efron. Yes. Which may not, will probably not be good, but that would be a nice little scene to put into. Plus, Zach movie. Efron, okay, number one, he's known for his eyebrows, not his unibrow. And so I already have a problem with that. Number two, he's like way too good looking to be Ted Bundy. I've seen pictures though, and it's it's pretty good. Really? Does he have a unibrow? No, but there there is something about his face that I'm like, yeah, if they did him right. Huh. If he lost some weight, lost some of the muscle mass, maybe just did a little bit of, you know, some fake some fake eyebrows in there. Maybe like some kind of longer, puffier hair. He's too good looking. I don't I think he can pull it off. I, I mean, do. these people are all I mean, what's her what's her name played Eileen Warnos. That's true. Charlie That's a good Theron. Point. I she mean, did a good job. Carrie Elwes played played Ted Bundy, and he's way better looking than Ted Bundy, but we talked about this, right? <sighs> it's so, so good too. Hot. He does such a good job. He's fine. He's super fine. But he plays Ted Bundy. And he yeah. looks way less like Ted Bundy than Zach Efron. Yeah. That's I think true. so. Okay, good point. All right. All right. I'll reserve judgment. All right. So final murder. I think the creepiest murder. I'm gonna go oh, ahead and say this, this is, is this is the creepiest murder. Um so in yeah, Lake City, Florida, he comes across Kimberly Leach, twelve years old. Twelve. At her middle school. At her fucking middle She's school. She's at fucking school. And it's one of those schools where it was probably built in the 60s where it has, like, the courtyards. Yeah, the outside, like, yeah. California-style schools or whatever. So she was at school, walking to her class, and is like, oh, shit, I forgot my purse in homeroom. And I'm always struck by that, because a purse as a 12-year-old? Like, I sure shit didn't. I still don't carry a purse. No. But anyway, so she, she was with a friend, turned around walked back by herself to go get her purse from homeroom. I was, so I was outside in the sort of whatever the area was like by herself and was taken. She was seen in the white van with Ted Bundy oh, yeah. or with a man fighting with him. Yeah, and this guy drove by and he remembers thinking, 
oh man, dad, like something like daddy's mad. Yeah. Like he thought it was like a dad coming and picking up Wait, his that, daughter. So that's what it is. Yeah. She, she was seen like dragging her off to the, yeah. off to the van. So that's even creepier because oh. it wasn't like she agreed to go. Like he was fucking like took her. Oh my God. So, uh, and 12 yikes. So that's, that's fucking bad. And then he was arrested before she was found. So her yeah. body was not found for a while, yeah. right? Uh, it was three weeks later. But he had been arrested before her body was found. Right. So um, her mummified body was found. Um, it was because it's Florida. They, they found her um, in a pig shed. And yeah. they knew that she was in there because they could see a shoe sticking out. And when they went in, they found her her body. But hadn't he told her where to go or no? Ted Bundy? Uh, not her where to go, where the police were to go to find her body? Like, wasn't... Was oh, there some, I don't know. I feel I like there know. may have been some help from him on that, but maybe not. No, probably not. Probably not. Because I don't think he confessed to that. For... Actually, I'm not sure he ever confessed to this murder. Huh. I feel like this may have been... Or, Maybe I'm wrong. Shit, see, my, my details are getting fucked up. But I know. I know he was reluctant to talk about this one. Because well, she was a 12-year-old. She was a fucking 12-year-old. And he did not want to be seen. We talked about this. He did not want to be seen as a child murderer. No. That no. doesn't bode well for you in prison Ugh. at all. Oh, my God. So um, his arrest came on... Oh, yeah, so he did. So he he definitely got arrested before. Because this is, happens on February 12th of 1978. Um, Ted stole a car and he started to flee Tallahassee going west. So he was like trying to go across the Florida panhandle. He was stopped three days later on the 15th of February, right near Alabama. Um, so what happened was a cop came up behind him. The plate showed up as stolen. The police officer, David Lee, pulled him over and placed him under arrest and as he was arresting him, Ted managed to kick this guy's feet out from under him and sent him to the ground. And so Ted takes off running, and the guy draws his weapon and does a warning shot. And then, like, Ted doesn't stop, so he starts taking off after him and ends up tackling him. And during this whole thing, they're, like, fighting over the gun, and, the, and David Lee's like, fuck, like, he's going to get my gun. So somehow, like... Ted during this tussle ends up getting free again and starts taking off again. And um, in that Kevin M. Sullivan book, The Bundy Murders, they talk about how he shot toward Ted Bundy. And I don't know, I thought it made it sound like he hit him. That's what I thought. I thought he was shot in the leg. Yeah, because he fell to the ground at that point. Yeah, I thought, I'm almost sure he was shot. Okay, because I was like, I couldn't find evidence for it and I didn't have that book. And I was like, uh, did he actually get shot? But yeah, so he ended up going to the ground and they finally were able to arrest him. And like Ted got hella email after this. He was just like, hella email. This is my favorite. Oh my God. So he's in the back of the car (laughs) driving to jail. And he's just like, just kept saying, I wish you killed me. Oh my God. His sad face is just so big right now. Okay. So that's the perfect segue into the poetry. So this, okay, so this was poetry that Ted Bundy wrote while he was in prison and sent to Anne Rule. 
This was actually sent to her in his last stint in prison, but we couldn't find it for last episode, but I fucking found it. Oh my God. And it's super emo. So it's totally perfect (laughs) to read about it now. All right. So this is part of a longer poem. Even Anne Rule doesn't put the entire poem in her book. Oh God. Because she, she says it, she calls it endless. Which means it was super long, no, she and doesn't. she does, and super terrible. Oh my god, and I bet you the whole thing fucking rhymed, the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> oh you'll, you'll hear, there's more rhyming than I think there needs to no. be in a poem. <laughs> Alright, so this is this is our first stanza. Are we ready? You have to read it in a really dramatic way. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much pressure, this is too much pressure. Okay, alright. This is no way to be. Man ought to be free. That man should be me. <laughs> Days of days, self-control pays. <laughs> Don't lose your mind, panic's not kind. Days of days, my integrity stays. Like, your integrity does not stay, motherfucker! Oh my god. <laughs> and I really, I kind of wish we had the entire thing just so we could, like, see how long this poem really was. Ugh. That's insufferable. That's, that's fucking, like... High school girl shit. No, middle school. Middle school girl shit. Like you're writing in your diary. Who rhymes? No one rhymes. Nobody fucking rhymes. No, unless you're like a little kid. Oh my god. So just uh, that's a little little blast from the past. But Uh, my favorite line is, "Man should be free, and that man should be me." It's like, motherfucker. (laughs) We know you think that. Good gracious. Okay, oh so he's okay. So he's back in prison. Ugh. He's back, but now he's in fucking Florida, back and, in and prison they don't poetry. they don't play in Florida. Oh, they do not fucking play. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he, there's not a fucking escaping. Although, although we'll get there, he actually he came closer to escaping than he should have, given that it was Florida. Well, and what a fucking idiot! Like, if you're gonna go to a place, don't go to a place that just puts hella people to death all the time. Like, I agree. I agree. Go to I don't know, but pretty much all places in the South put hella people right. to death all the time. So don't go to the South. But that was his whole deal. He wanted. He didn't want to be somewhere cold because it was January. I'm cold. It's like get a fucking coat, dude. <laughs> like what the hell? Okay. So he's whatever. So he goes on trial. He goes. There's two different trials. There's <sighs> one for. The sorority murders, and there's one for the Kimberly Leach murders. So the first one is in Miami, and it's for the sorority murders. And it's in June of 1979. So this is weird to me. So now we are in my lifetime. So, like, we've crossed over into I'm born now. Oh, you were, like, two months old. I know. But still, like, the fact that I'm like, dude, this was happening, like, in, in in a time frame that I associate with sort of the present. Yeah. Uh, of course weird. this is not the present, but you know what I mean. It's totally weird. So this is this is sort of the funniest part that he got court-appointed lawyers. He had five of them. Ugh. And was constantly complaining that they weren't doing a good job. He's not doing they, a good they're job. They're not they're not smart enough to represent me. <laughs> so decided once again in his infinite wisdom to represent himself. So smart. Again, he had like a fucking quarter of law school. Not even. Like, I don't even think he'd gotten through a year of law school. So it'd be like me defending myself. I mean, what? So, yeah. So he completely ignores all of the advice from his lawyers. He Ugh. doesn't do anything they tell him to do and completely fucks himself oh on a defense. God. So they were going to sign a plea bargain that was going to give him a 75-year sentence 
so he would escape the death penalty, but all he had to do was enter in a guilty plea. And he was like, sure, okay, I'll do this. And he had a whole plan worked out that if he did that and he waited a few years and then he appealed it, people, the evidence would have degraded, people's recollections wouldn't be good, and he'd be able to get off, which is actually kind of a good plan. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Right. At the last minute, he's like, no, I can't, I can't do a guilty plea. I'm not guilty. And so totally... His fucking pride. Yeah. His, he didn't want people to see him nope. in that light. So totally voids the plea bargain. So pathetic. And so, yeah. So then they actually like go to trial. Ugh. And the, the major testimony against him that got him convicted was the people who fucking saw him. Hi. So there were, hi, there were people who were like, hey, dude, we saw you yeah. in this roadie house yes. with a log in your hand. Yeah. And the bite marks. <gasps> yeah, Which matched up to his teeth. Although I did watch, what was I watching? I feel like it was Forensic Files, but maybe it wasn't. Oh, but they it always w- have bite mark evidence on Forensic Files. That's why I'm feeling like it wasn't yeah. that. Because the whole point of whatever I was watching is that bite mark evidence is not reliable. Like, mm-hmm. they don't use it anymore in court. Like, you can't... It's it's not convincing evidence anymore. Really? At all? No. What? Because There's, there's some, like, seriously, like, 20 episodes of Forensic Files that were, like, solved based on bite mark evidence. I know. I, but I've... I, shit. I wish I could remember what it was. But it was basically, like, you can't use it because it, it's... There's, there's too many factors at play that can fuck it up. Oh! <gasps> Like, and maybe unless it's something like biting into like cheese or something that's like a, like a total clear imprint, but it's usually not. Cheese. Li- Although somebody was convicted because of cheese. No. They, they'd gone into somebody's house and like eaten cheese out of the fridge and then left it. And so it had like a perfect imprint of their teeth. What a dumb fuck. But there's something about like biting on skin in particular that because of the way skin like can shift and yeah. you don't get like a clear imprint, like it's not good evidence to convict somebody. Yeah. But, but in, in the, this, but in this case, case, it it worked. So right. he, he was convicted right. on that, and the jury deliberated for less than seven hours. Whoa! But I would think twenty minutes, maybe. I know this guy had already been like he was a well-known I know. serial killer at this point. You know what though? This is what I think. Okay, because there's very few. Like it, it's always like less than a day, right? Even like it, it they always end up the shortest trials or the deliberations are always even, like, several hours. So I think that there are, like, protocol that you have to go through as a jury in order to come to that determination. Which is good. Which right. is good. Which is good. Um, unfortunately, the only trial that I've been on, it was a federal case, and it was so fucking Did fun. you have jury duty? Yes, and it was awesome! I fucking loved it. You should, like, put your name in the hat for, like, always wanting jury duty. I know. I wish that, like... I know. I it should, wish it should that be I could like do that, that honestly. Because everyone's like, ugh, jury duty... But I would seriously take jury duty every time I could. I'd like, please give me jury duty. Hi. Um, so Seattle officials, if you're listening, like, you can call me anytime, <laughs> baby. Uh, but, like, the only case that I was on was a federal case, and it was super interesting. But I was so sad. I almost cried. Because at the end of the trial, they were like, okay, jury, you're going to go deliberate, except for you, Morgan. You're the alternate. And I was like, no! Why did you get made the alternate? I, they just made they they always have one that's the alternate, and so you sit through the entire trial. You, I don't think you know who it is, and then they dismiss one person, and I was the fucking person, and I talked to like the um, what what is the person called who like helps the judge, Bailiff. the law clerk. Oh, I like made her. I was like, you have to call me and tell me what happens, and she totally did, which was really nice. He was totally found guilty, which he should have been, 
But anyway, I'll tell you about that later. Interesting. So cool. But I think that like, that like seven hours makes sense because you have a protocol of things that you have to go through and you have to discuss as a jury. I think. Yeah, which I, of course, is a good thing. Because that motherfucker's guilty. That motherfucker is so fucking guilty. It could have been less than five minutes. Oh, guilty, guilty. Everyone Uh is guilty. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so he was was convicted on two counts of murder, like four counts of a, three counts, excuse me, only three counts of attempted first-degree murder, two counts of burglary, which is hilarious, (laughs) Um, and was given the death sentence. So God. now he's on death row in Florida. And yeah, death row in Florida is, is Ooh, no fucking joke. Skitty. So then he goes to trial again for the murder of Kimberly Leach. Yeah, six months later. In Orlando. <gasps> Ooh. Mm. Which I feel like is probably worse. Probably. I am absolutely, actually kind of obsessed with going to Orlando because I think it would be awful. Oh, Paul went last year and he said it was the most horrible place he's ever been exactly and there's always really cheap plane tickets to orlando because i don't want to go to like no one wants to go there i don't want to go to disney world or anything like that i want to go like orlando and go just like see what it's like okay so what he said this is what he said that it was so fucking hot that you were just like dripping sweat all the time and everyone was just smoking constantly yeah actually that sounds kind of awesome i know i was gonna say except for the dripping sweat part like that sounds hella cool i could handle that And I'm always worried I'm going to go to one of these places and be like, this is amazing. I'm going to live there. Okay. <laughs> because Florida. I know. I'm just moving to Florida. You, like, actually just start going by Caroline. No. What would I go by? <laughs> I have to go by some sort of Southern, like, peach, like, some sort of <laughs> oh name like that. Oh, God. <laughs> um, there was, okay, the movie Jeepers Creepers. Have you seen oh, that I movie? I love that movie. I love that movie, too. That's totally filmed outside Orlando. Oh, yeah. But the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, that's really beautiful. Where is this filmed? Because the landscape is, it's very, it's a very beautiful movie. Uh-oh, Carrie's moving I know, Orlando. I know. And so I, I was thinking it was more like, I don't know where I was thinking, South Carolina maybe, or like yeah. Tennessee, someplace Georgia. like that. Georgia. Georgia has some beautiful places. But no, fucking Orlando. <laughs> I was like, oh, huh, who knew? So. Who knew? Just fun, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so once again, eyewitness evidence in the Kimberly Leach place. People saw him with her, and then there was there was fibers like the there was fibers from a jacket that he was wearing. Yeah, that had like a defective. There was something defective about the material in it, like the weave was defective, and they found those same fibers on her body. Shit. So it was pretty pretty clear evidence. But this so, fucker did it once again. Like deliberated for like eight hours and then he was found guilty again so now he's so what did he did he ha- so he hasn't had the penalty phase right not yet no but you you can do the next part <gasps> oh my god there's okay, then, then we're in the penalty phase which is this oh is my, my fucking favorite thing ever and by favorite i mean like least favorite thing okay so during the penalty phase of this trial okay everyone remember carolyn boone Carol Ann. Everyone has Googled her, I'm sure. Carol Ann Barf, because, ew. <laughs> uh, so she stands by her man this entire time, right? Like, she is fucking the Ted Bundy motherfucking fan club up in here. And how many years has it been? Oh my god. Like, actually, Four a lot of years. Or five? Yeah. Well, he's been in prison, escaped from prison. Yeah. Back in prison for yeah. different murders, uh-huh. and now is on death row. And right. she's just like, Mm-mm, he's innocent. I love him. Right. And remember, she gave him a t- 
ton of money, hundreds of dollars. To escape uh, from prison. To escape from prison. And then kind of supported him throughout this entire thing. Okay, so Carolyn Boone is, like, totally sticking by him. And I kind of have a feeling that Ted Bundy probably was not as into her as she was to him. I can guarantee you he was not as into her as she was into him. It's because she looks like an eggplant with a wig. (laughs) Like, poor Carolyn Boone. Okay, so... Which is why she's, you know, in love with a serial killer. Because Oh, oh my God. The ladies that fall in love with serial killers. Oh, Jesus. (gasps) We should do a podcast on them and have ladies who fall in love with serial killers on the show. But what is there to say except they're just pathetic pieces of shit? Yeah. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. Done. Okay. Episode, well, episode, episode complete. <laughs> episode 15.5. <laughs> um, so, okay, you guys, this is so fucking nuts. Okay, so during the penalty phase, all these people, well, actually, I think it was just her, were, was up on the stand <laughs> talking about how Ted Bundy was like actually a, like a good person. And... Apparently, there's a rule in Florida that if you are up on the witness stand in a trial and are proposed to and, like, you agree to get married, that counts as... A marriage. A marriage, yeah. So, (laughs) leave it to Ted Bundy to, like, pull a shocking move. He fucking proposes to Carol Ann Boone. They agree to get married... They do, like, a little vow situation, and now they are officially married. Okay? Ugh. God. I know. Was everyone just rolling their eyes so hard in the courtroom? Like, are you kidding me Like, how do you react? And there's, like, poor victim's family. Yeah! And, like, like, what the hell? Motherfucker. Like, this is happening right now? Seriously. Other question. What happened in Florida history where that became a law? I know. Like, something Dude. happened where they were like, you know, we need, to, we need to really make it easier for people to get married who are, like, in, in trials. Like, how can we do that? Oh, my God. You know what I bet it was? I bet it was that someone didn't want to have to testify against their spouse. Oh, and Jesus, were like, this is my right. I don't know. That's so fucking nuts. Anyway. It's Florida, though. I and know. Florida is... Can we just agree it's the worst date? Oh, it's the worst. You guys, Google Florida mugshots. You will not believe your eyes. Oh, it's the best. Like, I do I, it like every month. And we, you know what we should do? Ones. We should rank the states. Oh, Florida is definitely number 50. <laughs> I mean, definitely number 50. Yeah. But I think we could get into some debate in, oh. in like the 40s. Oh, hell yeah. So we'll do that. And at obviously, some point. and I know you're not, you're actually going to disagree with me on this. Washington's number one. No. Okay. No. Yes. No. Yeah, it is. No. Like, I will cut you. Okay, Washington's number one. How can Washington be number one? Because it's cold. So is Alaska. Yeah, but Alaska is full of fucking rednecks. So is Washington. Not as many. Okay, true. And you can block them Okay, true. There's lots of liberal politics here. Number one. Boom. Okay, let's move on. We're coming back to this. Oh my god, okay. In future episodes, we're we're returning to this topic. So you guys, in addition to marrying Carol Ann Boone, this is fucking crazy. Okay, Ted Bundy's not allowed to have conjugal visits. But, something happened, and Carol Ann had a fucking baby. Because you could bribe prison guards to just, like, let you in... 
on death row. Like, what? Girl, you know what? Uh, I have a theory. <laughs> What's your theory? It's not Ted Bundy's baby. That's likely, I think. Yeah. But I also think it's possible it is. I don't know. There's so much that was happening in this time period that blows my mind in terms of jail security. Like, it's just like a fucking free-for-all. Well, he was able to completely just crawl up around in the... Twice! In the ceiling, and people were reporting it, and they were just like, whatever. So, okay, but so here's the thing. Like, in he's on death row again. Mm -hmm. At some point, they they find... I don't know if they're tipped off or something, but they, they go and search his cell. They find that he... There's bars in the window... He has has a hacksaw in Again? his Again? Yeah. Jesus. On death row and has so <laughs> and has sawed through one of the bars and has glued it back in place with like soap. Uh-uh. So he, he's like, I don't know, a third of the way through of getting out of his window. Oh my god. On death row. And death row is supposed to be pretty secure, but Oh my god. No. So I don't know. It's the eighties <sighs> or seventies or whatever the fuck that was. Jesus. Um, so he was also gang raped. What? In prison, yeah. No way. Where yep. did you read that? Wikipedia. What? Yeah. What is the evidence for that? Other prisoners said so. <gasps> that They're a trustworthy population. Well, <laughs> but guards said that there was an attack, <gasps> which, and they say that Ted Bunny denied that it was, it was like a rape. Because of course he did. But like everybody else was like, no, dude, he was fucking gang raped. And I'm like... <gasps> That actually makes me deeply happy. Yeah, me too. That he had he had to experience that. I'm like, Hell yeah. good. Yeah, I want good him motherfucker. to experience the pain and terror that yeah. like he so routinely inflicted upon so many. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm generally not a fan of, no. of gang rapes. No, or or men being raped in prison or anybody being raped in prison. Yeah, but in this case, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I feel good about this. Yeah, this feels like this feels like like. I don't right, know if, righteous retribution. Oh God, I don't know if I'd be one of, one of be one of the people who did it though. I don't think I, like pe- be, I don't think people in prison are real discerning about where they probably, put their penises. I, I think they're sort of like you know what, whatever. It's a hole. I'm doing it. I don't. I don't think they care much. And you know, his, you know, he was probably his hygiene was probably better. Oh, pro- oh, you know it. He was. seems very, very, clean. very, very squeaky I clean. I know. So he probably has a nice little clean butt. He know? had a also had a sock obsession, a clean sock obsession. <laughs> uh, wait, we wait, talked about this, we didn't did we? Talk about this, yes. Yeah, and so I'm. Well, I don't sure. know if we talked about it on the podcast. Though. Did we? I don't know. So, um, yeah, he when they went and searched his house after the Karen Cam, like after that arrest, they found something like. I mean, it was, like, dozens of pairs of perfectly clean white socks. Mm-hmm. Dozens. Wasn't his quote, like, I, like, there's nothing I would like more in this world than to, like, <laughs> just have, like, endless white, like, clean socks, like, or something like that? Shit, I should have the real so quote. So there's, like, some, there's, like, a weirdness there, yeah. There, but there's a deep clean. weirdness there. Hopefully he didn't have, like, a nail fungus or something. I, don't, he, I, don't, I doubt he had a nail fungus. No. No nail fungus. No, I think he has those kind of neat, like, um trimmed and sort of buffed male fingernails yeah you know men who have that they're usually like funeral directors or something yeah i bet he had a lot of black hair on his toes though (gasps) i hate feet anyway okay um so another thing that happened while he was on death row in addition to gang rapes was that ted bundy as we talked about with gary ridgeway in the gary ridgeway episodes green river killer he um decided to reach out to um, police agencies being like, hey, everyone, pulled a real Hannibal Lecter. I can help you. 
solve these. No, oh, no, no. Hold on, hold on. That's not what Hannibal Lecter did. No, Hannibal, I know. You're right. They go to him. I know, but they, anyway, he he pulled a preemptive Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Anyway, and so he was like, "Hey, I can help you," but obviously he couldn't. And then he also kind of, sort of made confessions. And they're weird confessions. They're very weird confessions. So we'll play you a clip now. Pause for the clip. <laughs> I'm going to do that one where he's whispering and he's like, did you hear that? About George Ann Hawkins. That one's good. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Okay. But that's like one of the less weird clips. Like, yeah. Because there's a lot where it's like, well, the killer may have blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. There's a lot of that. And when that's like makes talking it, in third person. Like, what the fuck? Like, not even, I mean, like, really removed third person. And that shit drives me fucking crazy. And he did that also with Gary, the Gary Ridgway situation. Yes. where Yeah. And I mean, he is talking in third person because it's Green River Killer. But one of the things that Bob Keppel and, and um, uh, Dave Reichert were saying, and I was reading about this in Riverman, the Bob Keppel book. Uh, was that clearly he was talking about himself. Yeah, oh. They were like, oh shit, Bundy's confessing. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. But this went on for years, and like he didn't even start getting into like what I would consider the real deal confessions until right before he was executed. Right. So it was like six, seven years of kind of dragging it out and kind of confessing to things, but not really. And, right, so what ugh. happens is his execution date originally is set for 1986, and um, it kept getting postponed. And then um, he, like, every time he would get an execution date, he'd be like, oh, but wait, I can, tell, I can like, tell you more. Mm-hmm. But this is where, like, a lot of the bullshit comes in. So he, he finally got his final execution date for 1989, and right before then, he was like, okay, you guys, like, you, I'm going to, I'll confess to you. So all these police officers from all the states where he had victims came to Florida and they each got like an hour with him. But I mean, but that's what he did instead of actually like just really confess. Right. Like he didn't have to talk to all those cops and make them come to him and right. make them ask him all those questions. Right. So, I mean, it was all, I mean, yeah, it's, it's all a just whole thing. manipulative bullshit. But what he was hoping was that he could get them down there and give them little tiny nuggets of information that would make them want to say, hey, don't execute him. Yeah. He's valuable. We need the information. And they at this point were like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't. It did not work. To their credit, that's the one thing I think they did correctly, which is like, no, mm-hmm. fuck you, you're gonna, we're gonna execute you. Because right. I think they knew they weren't gonna get the real story out of him ever. Right. They could keep him old. He could still be alive, and they, I don't think they would ever really get what they wanted from him. Right. But at this time, isn't this kind of where he kind of he sort of hints at the necrophilia? Oh, I think he, I think he actually confesses the necrophilia. Fully. So you guys, guess what? Ted Bundy, hashtag fucks heads. There it is. Hashtag Mor- fucks heads. Morgan's been waiting for that hashtag since oh we God. first started talking the about this. The first episode. First episode, she's like, should I do fucks heads on Twitter? <laughs> hashtag fucks heads. I'm like, yeah. And but I was like, oh my God, I got too scared. It. So, um, I, and I don't think he would go so far as to confess this. Would he? Did he? Oh, I think so. I mean, really? I think that's how we know this. Yeah, that he would... 
So what it is is he would kill people, decapitate them. Yeah. So apparently he decapitated like 12 of his victims. Oh, yeah. And all the Washington victims totally got decapitated. keep their heads in his apartment. The bodies would go he wherever. Would ta- he would dump the bodies in Issaquah. That was the first site. So he would take their bodies there, keep their heads in his apartment. And fuck their heads. He would fuck their heads for like a long time. And we've got questions about this as well. Yeah. I, and Because what's his butt? Um, Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. Same thing. I'm like, what? Yeah. How does that work exactly? Like, necrophilia, I can at least imagine the mechanics of that. Fucking a head? Like, a dead person's head? I'm like... Yeah, I don't I get, don't I understand don't really anything about how that would be in any way be pleasurable. Like, yeah. it's it would just be teeth and Ugh. it'd be bad. So, yeah, I don't get it. It worked for him. He, he did it a lot. Oh, my God. And then that was after that that he he made the Taylor Mountain. So yeah. after he was, like, whatever, done with their heads, they got to a point where, like, it, it was no use to him anymore. That was when he made the Taylor Mountain dump site. Yeah. And that was, like, the that was the realization when Bob Keppel was talking to him where he was like, oh, would you drop, would you drive by Taylor Mountain? And Ted Bundy was like, what are you talking about? Like, Taylor Mountain wasn't even a thing then. And that was when Bob Keppel was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, this dude dumped bodies and then kept the heads and then only later thought about Taylor Mountain because he had kept the heads so long. And a lot of those heads, too, were found with makeup on them. He would, like, go do their makeup. And I think he would go out there afterwards, mm-hmm. after he had dumped them, and would put more makeup on them, too. Lots of makeup, lots of hair washing. Yeah. He, he was, like, really a sick motherfucker. He burned one of the heads in his girlfriend's fireplace. Oh, and yeah. And that's, like, my favorite quote. He was like, poor Liz. Or, like, of all the things I did to Liz, that was or that was the worst. Like, she'll never forgive me for that. Or, some, like, some quote. Right. Like, poor Liz. Poor Liz. Liz. It's a, it's a very spooky quote because yeah. just the way it's phrased. It's just like, ew, ick. Ugh. And speaking of girlfriends, um, after the confessions, Caroline Boone is like, oh shit, my man's guilty. And feels, oh, really, Caroline yeah, Boone? Yeah, you think? And feels really betrayed by, by the, the guilt <sighs> and leaves him. And goes oh, back. So brave. So brave. And goes back to Washington with her daughter. And just just to reiterate, this daughter is like my age. Oh yeah, she's Paul's age. Yeah, she yeah. and she's just like living life somewhere. I'm like, what the fuck? I wonder if she knows she's Ted Bundy. Oh, she, she totally does. I I know she does because how do I know that? I feel like I saw her interviewed at some point or something. What? Like that. There, or not her interview? Not like a not like a video, but there was some like she had published something <gasps> about it. Yeah, she no, t- no she totally knows. That would fuck you up so bad. Do you think she lives here? Maybe. Ted Bundy's daughter, if you live in Washington and you listen to this podcast, call us. Call me. <laughs> call me. Call me. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, you guys. So all this shit happened until finally he was executed on January 24th, 1989, at 7.16 a.m., and his ashes were spread in the Cascades. Yeah, that weird. What? That was, I can't believe they do that. That was also on Wikipedia, and it says it, uh, in accordance to his will. And I'm like, <gasps> really? You get a choice? I guess. I would think they would just kind of dump you like in a big pile like they do with animals the vet. I don't know. I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt anything to have his ashes 
you know, wherever the hell he wants them. But that's weird. So yeah, so his ashes are somewhere around here somewhere. Whoa. Uh, People really came out for his execution. A lot. They were, there was a motherfucking celebration up in here. People were like partying outside of the prison. Radio stations were playing f- f- frying bacon noises. Everyone was like, let's kill Ted Bundy. They were very excited about it. I don't know what to make of that. I feel like unless you personally are related to a, a victim, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing? I know, like, why are you that excited? It's weird. I, I don't get that excited about anything, let alone... Right? I know. A serial killer's execution? That's very strange. It's very medieval. I know, like, would you go party at the... Like, I would never do that. No. no. party. No. That's even if, I don't even think if it was somebody who had killed somebody that yeah. I was close to, I still don't think I would do that. I, I think know. it's very weird. I do, too. It's totally weird. So, you know that... In, well, I was going to say Saudi Arabia, but maybe other places, too, they have public beheadings. Yeah. Ooh. And, like, it's, like, totally, like, the Middle Ages. Like, people just, like, crowd around to I see know. it. Why would you want to see that? I know, but I... Just I've, haunt your dreams forever. Yeah. But it's, it's related to that idea, that, that idea of, like, we all want to kind of be there to see, Ooh. you know, someone die. Ooh. Oh, my I mean, God. I, think, I do not want to ever see that. Oh, my God. I so don't want to see that. I thought you said you'd watch, like, a beheading video. No, I didn't watch it. My friend saw it at a party and said it was the worst thing she's ever seen in her whole life, and it like haunts her. I thought, oh, I thought, no, you, I, I thought you ne- had seen it. Oh my god, I would never fucking watch that. If someone no. was watching that at a party, I would fucking leave immediately. I would not. I would not be Ugh. on that. No, hell no. No, me, me, right there with oh you. My god, ooh, Ugh, no. It's- oh my god, so horrible. I was watching because the other thing that really bothers me is. The really famous picture from Vietnam of the guy getting shot in the head. Oh my god, I Fuck. hate that video. That's a, I, such okay. a fucked up video. I've never seen the video, so here's it. Th- I've seen that photograph, which fucks me up yeah. every time I see it. I'm like, oh, yeah. and I have to like turn the page. So I'm watching the Vietnam, like the Ken Burns Vietnam. Yeah. Fuck, dude, and like the the opening fucking credits is um, that. Yeah, and I was like, God damn it. I was like, oh shit. And the blood like just squirting out. I don't want to fucking see that. I know. Like I know. Oh, uh-uh. It's so bad. I saw it in my okay, I took this really awesome class called just 1960s. I did too, actually yeah. in college. It was it was, it yeah, was awesome. It was yeah. the best class. But we watched this great documentary series and it was in there and it I started crying in class and no one else was crying and I was like really embarrassed. Like, oh my god. And then I was like, <gasps> it was awful have i was we, so shocked have we talked about the fact that the guy who shot him is like lives in virginia and owns like a pizza parlor what yeah uh-uh mm-hmm. how do you have a normal life after that you don't i think is really the whole point of it like they i've seen interviews or i haven't seen interviews but i've read about people who've interviewed him and i mean his life is relatively normal but he, i think he's fucked up Whoa. i mean of course he is yeah well and i think too okay so uh, I don't know if this is, like, taboo for me to say, but, like, right, so people in the military, like, their job is to go kill. Hmm. But I think there's also some anonymity in the fact that you just, like, get to go to another place and kill people. And, like, the fact that it was documented and that people all over the world saw it, I mean, that, like, really lends a spotlight to what you in particular have done. Like, plenty of other people were doing the exact same thing, but, like... Well, yours is the one who everyone knows about, you know? Yes. And he was Vietnamese. I mean, so right. he was in his own country right. doing doing that. So, I mean, no, it, wasn't, right. it wasn't like an American. 
And I don't know if that's better or worse, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was totally photographed. Although I wouldn't recognize him. I would recognize the guy getting killed, though. Oh, totally. Easy. His face is burned oh my into my yeah. brain forever. The, yeah, the look on his face is so awful. But that's the shit that fucks me up. Yeah. Like, that's the shit that I'm looking for with Ted Bundy, and I'm wondering if it's because there's no... There's no photographs of anything, really. There's not... Or there's limit. There's minimal... Yeah. Um, visual evidence of anything. Right. And maybe well, and again, that's... I think we don't have all the details, you know? But the Green River Killer, there's no... There's no photographs either, and that shit fucking... We have all the details, though. I don't think we do. Girl, we've got so many details. There's more details, but I, I still think there's details we don't have. Yeah, um, I'm sure. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, Ted Bundy, man. So we can, I mean, in our notes, I mean, we, we can talk a little bit about sort of final thoughts about him. Like, yeah. why, why the fuck do we give a shit? Why does anybody give a shit? And what people, do you think? People do. Uh, I wrote down some stuff. Um, I don't, this was during my, my riveting training today that I was clearly very <laughs> engaged in. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything new here, but the, the idea that uh, our whole idea of what a serial killer is, I think, comes from Ted Bundy. Yeah. Before him, there was no concept of a serial killer. Really. Right. There, they existed, but I don't think they, they were part of the, the consciousness of this country. Mm-hmm. And the term serial killer didn't exist in, until, what, the late 70s, mm-hmm. I think? And so I think he was the first awareness of, like, oh, shit. Like, there's evil out there, and it's not what we envision evil to be. It's, it's, more, it's more boring than we think evil is, and it's more common. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a complete, very 1970s shift in... in awareness i mean all the stuff like the way he was treated um when he was caught i think shows how innocent people were about stuff i mean the fact that he was putting these extremely low security prisons that he escaped twice that he was allowed to defend himself that he was allowed to fucking like get married that he was allowed to question victims on the stand i mean all of that stuff i think was very um of the time in, in not a good way. Um, like the movie, you know, the movie Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? Yeah. Okay. So that's, I don't know what you thought about it, but it's, you know, it's a serial killer movie fundamentally. And it's very much that sort of this hippy dippy bullshit about mm-hmm. trying to protect, you know, um, uh, people accused of crimes as opposed to actually protecting victims is bullshit. Like that's mm-hmm. liberal nonsense and we shouldn't be doing that. And, that movie came out before Ted Bundy happened, but I, I think it's they're they're related to each other because I and I I like the movie Dirty Harry actually I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a really good movie. That serial killer is a little over the top, but I love the serial killer. <laughs> I love him. I think he's so scary. The guy who played him. Oh my god! But I mean that idea of that sort of like we're coddling we're coddling criminals mm-hmm. while kind of letting society decay. I mean, I think that I think that was true in this case. I mean, I think that's something that actually did happen. Was he? Well, yeah, I guess he was kind of. He was kind of caught. I mean, he just, he was given every opportunity to. To, do more bad things. 
Yeah. And I know, I mean, I absolutely do not think that would happen today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely Oh, hell not. no. So I think this is the last time that there was sort there of... There are fucking so many people in jail for life for fucking having a bag of weed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that would never happen now. I mean, and like there the wasn't this time period, too. It's not like there state. weren't people being put away for stupid not shit. Not for life, though. Maybe not. For just having a bag of weed. No. Like that whole three-strike shit. But you can, I think you can see where, like, the, the 80s reactionary attitude came from after yeah. this bullshit. Uh-huh. Because the 70s were so fucking violent. Oh, my God. Yes. And full of, I mean, we'll, I'm, I hope we get to talk about other 70s serial killers because there were a lot of them. It was an extremely violent decade. And I don't think, and I think people realize that, like, wait a second. Like, what the fuck? Like, we're just letting these people kind of you know, get off with light sentences when we shouldn't, you know, and then there's the whole like hitchhiking kind of hippie culture that goes along with this. Yeah. That makes, made it so easy for him to find victims. But it's weird because I feel like Ted Bundy was like very much all about like the bourgeois ideal, you know, like he wasn't a hippie. Oh no, not at all. He was Republican. Yeah, like, I I mean, and so that's also really interesting, you know, that he he kind of, I mean, he, he, that wasn't him. No, but he exploited it to its fullest. Right, right. The the counterculture, or Mm -hmm. what was left of the counterculture in his period of time, even though, no, he wasn't a part of it at all. Holy shit. It was, I don't know. It, all of this, I think, is, is the, the sort of the death of the 60s, the slow, the slow death of that. Yeah, man. Ideology. Did we talk about Gimme Shelter, that movie? No. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. Oh, dude, you need to watch that immediately. You would love that shit. Really? Do you know what it's about? No. Okay, so it's about the Altamont Speedway concert. Oh, yeah. Dad, what, didn't we talk about this? I swear we did. Wait, maybe I have seen it. It's so good. So they were going to do a big concert at the Altamont Speedway um, and the Rolling Stones were gonna, and a bunch of other bands were going to play. Mm-hmm. And so the movie was meant to just be a documentary just like following the Rolling Stones leading up to this concert. I've totally seen this. It's so fucking dark. It's crazy how dark it is because they didn't plan it to be like that. It just ended up being like that. And yeah. it's not just the concert. It's fucking everything. Yeah. It's just the energy is just fucking off. So it's following them on tour and then get them getting ready for the show and they totally show them like hiring the hell's angels to be security for oh the show God. and then so they and then they have cameras when, when the ultimate speedway concerts actually happening and you can the crowd is really fucked up and like there's like lots of fights going on and the camera's like up on stage like looking down hmm. into the crowd and then, then when the guy ends up getting killed by the Hell's Angels, like you can see it. They, they have to, you have to slow down the tape, but you can actually see it happen. Oh, Jesus. Um, but that movie, I think, is great because it, it, it really shows how bullshit all of that, those attitudes were and yeah. how it, only, it really only worked for like a year. It was right. like 1967 and then it was like, nope, this sucks. Right. And so this is just sort of a continuation of like, nope, this sucks. Yeah. For like, an entire decade. For an entire decade. Like, women yeah. should not be, or nobody really, but definitely not, like, 14-year-olds should not be out hitchhiking. Like, that's a no, bad fucking no. idea. Like, there are, there are evil people in the world. Like, right. And I think that naive, 
belief and like, oh, hey, man, everyone's great. It's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. uh-uh. Oh, no, they ain't. No. So. <sighs> wow. And then we get to the 80s, which is like so like selfish and individualistic and. Oh, I think the like 80s are worse. Opposite of. Yeah, the 80s is the opposite of the 60s, but I think it's worse in the 60s. I mean, I I feel like the 80s is the low point of American culture up until now. Girl, now is bad. I don't know. Even even with Donald Trump, I still feel like the 80s were worse. I still feel it. I still feel like the 80s were the low point. Well, I guess this will be a different well, time will tell. Time. Yeah. Time will tell. It, we, we could we could get worse. Oh my god. Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> do you think there's do you think there's an active serial killer in Seattle? Right now? Yeah. Mm. I mean th- do you think it's possible? nothing I mean, you've heard about anything. Statistically, I think probably. Statistically. Yeah. But I don't know. Do and, you? I don't know. Maybe. It'd be interesting in like ten years, so no. <gasps> What if it's Ted Bundy's daughter? That's, that's what she's doing. <laughs> God. That would be a good horror movie, like, living out your father's legacy. It would be. It's very, um... I was gonna say it's very Friday the 13th, but that's actually the opposite. Yeah. Well, look for our screenplay next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are we, like, ready to fucking be done with Ted? Oh, God, I was ready, like, three weeks ago, Same. so... All right, well... Uh, we should probably reveal our next topic, which I'm super excited about. You you do it. I've been talking forever. Go. Okay. Are you ready? Wait, should we? I feel like we have to have some kind of fanfare. Uh, you know, we need that, like the air horn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Our next topic is the Hillsborough disaster. Yay. I'm, I'm. I'm deeply excited about this. I have so, so much to say. Like, so much to say about this. It's going to be fun. Although, I have to admit that this one is actually just only sad. Oh, like, There's oh, not one funny thing nope, about this. No, nothing funny. This is so, just horribly depressing. Yeah, this But it's really be, interesting, which will maybe balance out the depressing. Yeah, it's going to be hard to make fun of it. I don't really need to make fun of it. I mean, I, 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 like I, I spend most of my time on here making fun of shit, and I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to have to maybe, like, like, change in tone next one. We'll adjust our tone. Okay. All right. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Ugh. All right. I got to...